to the Built on Air podcast, the variety show for all things Airtable. Each episode, we cover four different segments. It's always fresh and different and lots of fun while you get the insider info on all things Airtable. Our hosts and guests are some of the most senior experts in the Airtable community. Join us live each week on our YouTube channel every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And join our active community at builtonair.com join. Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OntoAir.com. Any business running on Airtable gets the value that Airtable has, but also needs a few more functions to complete their operations. That's where OntoAir comes in. It's a suite of tools for any business running on Airtable to maximize your operations efficiencies and automations. One customer, John, states that OntoAir enables his business to function properly without having to think about building their own software. And that is pretty invaluable. The OntoAir Airtable apps are amazing and we use them often and are very happy with the results. So join John and hundreds more customers and take your Airtable to the next level with OntoAir. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OntoAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. All right. Welcome to Built on Air podcast, season 14, episode three. Good to be back with you. We've got a full house today. Camille and Ali back as always. Welcome. Hello. Hello. And we have our regular guest host, Scott Rose, back again. Welcome back, Scott. Hi there. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Always good to have you back. We've got a good show for you today. We'll go through um, what we're going to be talking about, the Built on Air podcast. We typically go through four different segments and keep you up to date on everything Airtable. We always start with, ooh, we had an error. We always start with our around the bases, which the, the screenshot didn't come up for. Um, and, then we, and then we'll go through our onto air spotlight and then... Scott's going to showcase a, a base for us and how he uses AI with uh, one of his clients. And then Camille's going to answer an audience questions on inventory. And then a quick shout out for our community. And then finally, Ali is going to walk us through some formula best practices. So with that, I don't have my screen. Sometimes this is a bug in Airtable. Um, sometimes when you push an, an attachment, it doesn't actually go through. And that's what happens when I create these, um, these things. It didn't, uh, it didn't, it didn't take. And so I have to redo it and I didn't see that. So that's all right. We will go through it. So, um, this weekend, this Friday, it looks like there's an outage. So get ready for that. If you thought you were going to be working Friday, evening take a break i'm talking to you camille <laughs> well <laughs> they never let me do my work when i think i want to do it <laughs> don't be don't be crazy yeah so that's that um and then and then dare table they've got an announcement for that i think all of us but scott scott you're not making it right i will not be able to make it this year unfortunately but yeah. I'm, I'm signing up for next year, for right. sure. <laughs> we still, I don't think we've met yet in person yet, Scott. we got to make that happen. That is amazing. He eludes have... us. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> I eludes you. I said he eludes us. <laughs> That's right. Very soon. I know, after all these years, I haven't met any of you guys in person. Crazy. That's right. That's we'll make really that happen. Crazy. Um, yeah, it was a pretty slow week. Um, no, as far as I'm aware of, no feature releases. Uh, I don't think anything got pushed last week. I know there's rumblings in a couple of weeks we can't yet talk about, but there are some big changes coming. Um, so stay tuned sometime in May, I'm guessing. Um, but uh, yeah, I think maybe they're they're holding off everything till till the next big push. So. Usually they'll trickle in some smaller features, but I haven't seen anything come through. So because there's nothing new to talk about this week, everything that I kind of noticed was a little bit more on the negative side. So maybe it's appropriate that Scott's joining us today. Scott's got a good reputation of, uh, of finding the, the chinks in the armor with, with their table. 
but I do it in a very positive way. You do, you do. I'm I sure find the negative stuff presented positively. Yep, yep, that's right. There's always room for improvement. There's always there's always room. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that. It just happened. The, everything I picked up once I realized I saw them all together. I was like, "Well, oh, this is going to be a, a little bit of a bashing session," but um, that's all right. We're doing it in a positive way with the intent to to make things better. So Scott, since you're here, we'll start with um, with one of the things you brought up in your table forums. I'm um, talking about some of the limits with the interfaces. You want to give a summary of what's going on here? Yeah, I actually was not the one who discovered this. There was another person in Airtable's community that discovered that there's actually a limit to the number of pages you can have in your interfaces. Um, Airtable published this limit in their support pages. They said there's 50 pages per interface. And I think that everybody just assumed that that meant a full page. You know, when you create like an interface, I like to call them interface groups, you know, when you, even though I know that's not technically a correct term, but when you create like an interface group, you can have those pages going across the top of the screen. And I think that everybody thought that they meant when there was a limit of 50 pages, it was 50 different tabs you know going across the top because each one is called a page by Airtable themselves mm -hmm. so somebody in the official Airtable community found out they actually hit that limit and they only had like i don't know like 10 or 20 tabs going across the top it turns out that Airtable is counting certain elements on your page as a page so if you click on that link right there to go to the Airtable community, he actually did a lot of, he did a big deep dive into this. And if you scroll down, he actually listed what counts towards the limits, or at least what he believes. Um, and so if you scroll down a little bit more further in this thread, um, he will actually show you, oh, I think it's what he highlighted in green there. It's any unique open record details pages. So any of those pages that slide over or create a new, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that take up the full screen to yeah. zoom into the details, that counts as a page. Also, anything that's an add record view. Hmm. I don't exactly know what he means by that. And then- the form. Yeah, the form. The form, yeah. Re uh, record lists and uh, the record dropdowns. You can have that plus icon that allows you to add new and it links to a new form. And that that is a page. Ah, gotcha. Oh. So there's a lot of little embedded things. You know, basically these are things that are sort of embedded in your other pages. That's right. sort of I guess I guess it sort of makes sense, right? Because they come up as their own pages. Um right. And so that all counts towards the limit. So my clients haven't hit that limit yet, but he hit it and he was kind of surprised to find that. So. Yeah, it's not, it's not very clear. Like I kind of assumed detail pages count. Um, it, I mean, they're called pages, but there's no way to see a list of all of your detail pages. You kind of have to remember which element links to a particular detail page for you to like get there. So if you hit the 50 limit, I mean, good luck <laughs> trying to pare it down. I really don't know what the best practice on that is. If you have 22 regular pages and then figuring out where the other, you know, 28 are, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you do there. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. Cause who's gonna, yeah. I mean, even just, showing you what your pages are instead of just saying you hit the limit and you're like, what? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess this will really, yeah, it's interesting. Um, because, you know, I guess people that are really heavily using interfaces in their organization might really hit this very quickly, actually. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. If you're customizing each detail for each, like, uh, possible like step in the process or by potential approver or, or things like that then yeah i could definitely see um hitting 50 not necessarily quickly but easily i'd say i think you're you're more likely going to hit 
50 interface pages, then you might move like 500 fields per table. I don't think that's ever happened to me yet, but I can definitely see me running into 50 pages per interface. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially. <clears throat> well, that's uh, definitely something worth keeping an eye on. For see sure. how that progresses. Yeah, hopefully they'll at some point increase that limit. Um, yeah. we'll or just make it, it easier to find where all your detail pages are. <laughs> like, I think that's step one. Yeah. <laughs> Even before you increase the limit, I want to be able to find the things that I built. Sometimes they get orphaned and then I'll never see them again. Yeah. That's such a great point because you're right. If you hit that limit and you can't find them, how are you going to scour back through everything to even find it? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So if they're tracking them, I mean, if it was 50 across the top, like I think that's very reasonable. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Scott, any, any update on table forums? Anything else worth? I'm so excited that so many people are coming over to table forums. It's a great place. I feel for us to have like ongoing conversations. It's um, about anything Airtable related and uh, lots of new people are showing up. Um, Dan, you're a co-sponsor of table forums. Any thoughts on, on your end? Yeah, we need to do more to, to promote it. I know you're busy. I'm busy, but yeah, we definitely, I still, I mean, you know, we love, we love Airtable, but um, this forum is just not getting, getting the use that it should. And so if you are looking for answers and, and asking questions on the community forum, maybe try posting on both places and see, see what kind of response you get. It's worth, worth trying. So. Yeah. I think that there's I'm more, I, Oh, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, I'll take this moment to reiterate my, first complaint about the new Airtable community forums is that the font size is so massive for no reason. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I know, I know. And also you have, you have to sign in every time you go back to it, which is great. <laughs> yeah, it never yeah. remembers that I've accepted the cookies. <laughs> exactly. I think one of the great things about table forums is that the most active conversations bubble up to the top, uh, the most recent conversations, I mean. And right. so you always know like what is on people's minds, what is going on. It enables conversations to continue. Whereas in the Airtable forum, it's it, it, once something is posted, it just essentially disappears because it's just by date that the date of the original posting. Yeah. And I think we have more experts hanging out in table forums than in the community forums. So I think that people are getting much quicker uh, answers to their questions, much more thorough uh, responses to their questions. It's hard to type up lengthy responses in the official Airtable forums, I find. It's also very hard to type in code, which is why I stopped. <laughs> It's yeah. almost impossible. Yeah. Well, here, here's a, there are some getting responses. So, and this one actually got a response from Airtable. So that's good to see. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a surprise. Very good. All right. Yeah. Check out table forums, tableforums.com or air.tableforums.com. Good stuff going on there. Um, moving on to the built on air. Slack community. Um, this is a good one. Also, um, not not so much of a of a bash, but um, Hannah from our from our group posted. So, what Airtable opinion has you like this? Basically, being attacked by by the crowd, and so some comments on there. Rebecca says doesn't scale intuitively. Um, Jen Rudd says sometimes Airtable isn't the answer. I said what I said. <laughs> um, Justin, the opinion uh, that goes contrary to the mountain of feedback that they received from those who they specifically sought out for their feedback. <laughs> Good one. The single source of truth is a myth. That's an interesting one from Ben Bailey. What do you think he means by that? I'm not sure. I think. Airtable kind of in their recent push for um, certain 
you know, product enhancements, they're saying we're going to try and get you to where you can have a single source of truth, meaning you can rely on the data that you're sending from one base to another or from one base to whatever your external pieces of your configuration are. And I think what Ben is getting at is like, that's really hard to maintain, not necessarily all on Airtable's fault, but just like, you know, human nature. It's like, I'll, I'll reach for the thing that's closest to me and not necessarily the one that's in its perfect little box that's, you know, with a spotlight on it. If the other thing is closer, I'm probably going to go there. Right. So it's really hard to maintain um, a single source of truth, uh, especially with Airtable like today. You, you can get close with that exact inflection of voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, Ali. Go ahead. I was just saying it's good to aim for, and it, I think different implementations of Airtable can, you know, waver off of that very easily, depending on someone's com comfortability with the product. Yeah, I totally agree. I wonder if Airtable sort of agrees with Ben because um, I don't think they're advertising on their homepage anymore that it's the single source of truth, but that was their big ad slow or that was their big slogan on their homepage for a very long time. I don't know. I don't remember what they changed it to, but it's not, it doesn't say single source of truth anymore. <laughs> Let's see. Connect everything, achieve anything. That's actually better. <laughs> That's much better. <laughs> I don't know. It feels very, <laughs> I don't know. Anything is possible. Yeah. <laughs> there should be an asterisk after that. If you know JavaScript or you use Make or Zapier. <laughs> or you, you don't need more than a couple hundred thousand rows. All right, that too. <laughs> All you need to do is add those three little asterisks at the bottom and we're set. Yeah. Yeah. The shell of anything is possible. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Good stuff. All right. Let's move on. Next one um, coming from Reddit. What missing features are a real pain point for you? I know we should we should link this. You should post on here. You're you're you've got a list running right in the table forms. That's a great idea. Yeah, we have a running list and one of the Airtable engineers told me that he is monitoring the list. It's uh, up at the top under uh, general discussion, I believe. Um, oh, there it is pinned. List your top Airtable feature requests here. There we go. Mm -hmm. And you've got 100, you only put 10 in here. So you've got many more to go. <laughs> many more. I wanted to give other people an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, so this list is being added to you. So good commentary there. Um, yeah, and Reddit, yeah, this is like one of the most active posts on, on Reddit. It's got almost 60 comments. So that's the, that's the thing about Airtable is like people love it, but there sure is a lot to not like as well and want better. I, the first one confuses me a little bit. Can't auto link records between two tables. Seems pretty basic to do. You can, you can't auto link two records within the same table. That to me feels like, I want that yesterday. But why, what would be the use case for needing to auto link things? Like where you can't I just think, I think what they want is not to rely on the the value that you type in to be the primary key. I think they yeah. want to say like use any other field other than the primary field because that you yeah. could do that in most other implementations. Yeah. You um, do that yeah. 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 I'm willing to let that one go, but I do <laughs> think we need to auto link within the same table. It just seems weird that they haven't figured that out yet. I think what they want to do is a join table where you've got the middle one, but from one of them, basically create that join and that second link all in one spot. <clears throat> That's my guess based off of this this join. <clears throat> sure. So yeah, lots of lots of other stuff. Scott, what's your favorite? What's on your What's on the top of your list? Is it still? Uh, is it still? Uh, oh, those. What's yeah, one? probably. Let me see. What was my number one? 
Um, column header title wrapping. That'd be nice. Yeah, that's more of a cosmetic thing. Uh, a lot of my clients have like really wide columns uh, and it's just mm -hmm. a checkbox, you know, just to explain what it is. Um, especially if they're doing a lot of like numbers, you know, and it's like, you know, they really need to see the full title to know, like not just for columns, but for uh, not just for checkboxes, but for numbers also. Um, I think one of the big ones for me is I'd really love number six there, the dynamic choices in linked record fields. Your product onto air forms allows that, which is awesome. That gives you the ability to like in one field, let's say you're choosing like the make of a car, like make and model of a car, two different fields. In the first column, you could choose the make, so you choose Toyota. But then by the time you get to the second column, which is the model, it only shows you uh, the models that are Toyota models. So, you know, it guides somebody through the process, yeah. um, two different fields. So that's an incredible feature of onto air forms, which my clients love. And, uh, it, it, but it would be cool for that to be natively built into the product. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that might be what the Reddit comment might be referring to. It's kind of that double layer linking. Is somewhat related, it, the conditional lookup, conditional rollup, and conditional counts can be like, all right, only count these records if that record's value for whatever field is X, Y, or Z, but they can't include conditions for the record to which you're linking. So it would be great if like you could have a lookup that says, all right, here's all the, the Camry models that we have in stock, but I'm only looking for the year I don't know, 2016, because the record I'm linking to says 2016. That's not something you could currently do. So I think it all sort of goes into dynamic choice and being able to get that in there outside of just automation conditions, which allow you to, you know, do it, you know, pretty well, uh, but it's not filtered through other pieces of the product. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the thing with a product like this. Like, I do give empathy to the development team at Airtable of so many requests, so many use cases. Like, the challenge of trying to prioritize features is daunting, I would imagine, on their part. Yeah. That's a pretty solid list there, Scott, though. I have to say, I, I agree with everything on that list. Oh, I think you. you did a good job of having some things that are simple cosmetic things that shouldn't yeah. realistically take a whole lot of lift on their part to implement um, mm -hmm. and some things that are difficult to do, like the, you know, uh, nice. dependent choice is, is hard to do, uh, but you did a good balance instead of 10 things that are like, throw the whole thing out and start over <laughs> or 10 <laughs> things that are like, I want more green. <laughs> Sometimes you want a, a mix. Yeah. The, the automation error notifications, that would be amazing to pick whoever receives those. But I also want the ability to search through automation runs. runs history. Yeah. You can't do anything with it. If you think something happened three days ago and maybe that automation runs like every 15 minutes, you've got to yeah. scroll, 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 yeah. and then guess. Yeah. It's just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. yeah, you also can't search for the name of an automation. That left side panel does not have a search bar, even though I think the limit for automation is also 50. Yeah, that's a lot to scroll through. And, yeah. you know, they're all named. They might have long names. I'm just saying search bars, put them everywhere. And not all of the search boxes in Airtable have an X icon to clear out your search. Sometimes you have to select all your text and delete. Why? Yeah. Hi. Hi. My. Yeah, go ahead. One person needs to go through and just make everything consistent through the product. Yeah. Like in interfaces, you notice that sometimes you can drag things like in the right margin there. Sometimes you drag things from the right. Sometimes you drag things from the left. Yeah. Sometimes it's just an eyeball showing high things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's a, a little green slider. Sometimes it's an eyeball. <laughs> Yep. interfaces is all over the place for me i love them i use them all the time but there's so many little things that are inconsistent that bother me so badly like even with the new layouts like the new like list 
and gallery and Kanban layouts, like when you pick from the top of when you're creating a new one, they're at the very top. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't drag any other elements onto those pages. And you like, if you create one and then the opposite, when you do create a page that's blank or whatever, and you drag a list view on, you don't have any of the new features that come with the list. If you had just started with the list view, it's just, why can't they be the same? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No one knows. Yeah. No one knows. <laughs> There's a lot of things that I do nowadays in your table that I'm like, I don't know how I would possibly do this without an interface. Like it is a truly great thing that they've added to the product. And then every now and again, I'll look at what you, you know, the experience of actually building an interface. And I'm like, hmm, decisions were made. And I don't know if I agree. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Very challenging. Cool. Let's uh, let's move on. I'll I'll give my top two. I think uh, somebody posted. Um, well, similar to Justin's, I want I want uh, extensions inside of interfaces. Then that mm -hmm. would open up interfaces a ton. Huge. And then my other one is to fix attachments so that you can depend on attachments and they reliably are always submitted and actually show up so we don't get bugs like this. <laughs> Seems fair. <laughs> a fix and a feature. That's what we should do is fix and feature. You have one thing that you want to fix and one feature you want to add. That could I love be a that. new segment. I love that. That's a great idea. Cool. We might add that. All right, let's move on. Quick shout out to Ontoair, our primary sponsor. It's an all-in-one toolkit to run your business on Airtable, suite of apps that help you do more with your business. Uh, for today's spotlight, I was thinking about what I want to show um, next week. I think I said last week that this week we would announce something. I mean it this time. Next week we're going <laughs> to announce something. <laughs> so this week, um, I'll give you a, I'll give you an Easter egg. I'm not going to mention it, but you can see it right now. Um, there's something coming next week, but this week I was thinking, what, what could I shout out that's unique about, but about our software and our platform. And, um, this thing popped up and I said, you know what, we have very good support. We're very responsive to our clients. And I know Scott, you can maybe attest to working with Hannah. I was just going to say that you guys have the best support. I think out of all the Airtable uh, ecosystem apps that are out there, it's like, it's immediate. And we actually found like a couple of very minor bugs and you guys fixed them like within like hours of us reporting them. Yep. I appreciate that. Yep. So we definitely strive to um, provide good support. We have chat built in sometimes, um, you know, that takes more work on us to, to be that responsive, but we value um, support. And so today for our, for this segment, I wanted to give a shout out to those behind the scenes helping out. Mia is our customer support. And then Hannah, does a ton to to help um, our customers and occasionally I'll jump in as well. So just shout out to them and and the great support that, that we provide. So uh, that is something that comes with um, with Air. So worth worth giving a shout out there. All right, Scott's going to take us to the future. <laughs> we're gonna learn a bit. We're gonna do we're gonna do another segment um, or another show dedicated entirely to Chat GPT. Um, Scott couldn't make it there, and so so he was already coming on. So we figured we we'd give kind of a precursor to that. So this is maybe segment one of many more to come on on Chat GPT. I think it's going to change the software realm, and so we'll get a glimpse into that. If you want to share your screen, Love Scott. It. Yes. All right. Excited to, to see it. That's right. This is our appetizer to, uh, to the future of AI. So hopefully everybody knows what ChatGPT is. We've talked about it here. Um, I don't think you're sharing yet, Scott. Okay. Very good. Can you, now you can see it? Yeah. Now we can see if you want oh. to switch. Oh, cool. Did, oh, there. It, it, now it did the mirror thing. There we go. I was like, oh, it's not doing the mirror thing. Okay. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Dan. Were you you were going to say something else? No, go for it. All yours. Oh, okay. Cool. So, yeah, it's so funny because um, we're, we're at such the infancy of this chat GPT AI world. And so, like, what I'm about to show you today is, you know, we're probably going to be looking at this, like, 
a year from now and just like laughing at this is just probably just scratching the surface, you know, what we can do with ChatGPT. But one of my clients, and Dan, it's the client that is heavily using onto air forms and they love onto air forms. They really jumped on this chat GPT bandwagon and they are currently going through their whole uh, system, all their systems, and they're trying to figure out how they can use chat GPT even more because what they do um, is the name of the company is Sterling Administration. And what they do is they provide in-home healthcare for patients. So like nurses that come to people's homes and stay with them overnight or stay with them during the day, you know, and they feed them and give them their medication and bathe them and check their skin for any problems that, that might be happening. And so it's, these are nurses that go to people's homes. And so they want the family members of these patients to know what's going on. They give them regular daily updates um, and, and they want to let them know what's working, what's not working, any problems that have happened while they're in the field, while the nurses are at the, at the person's home. And so there's a, they have a lot of automations. They're using uh, make.com to do most of their automations and, and they do tons of different things. But I want to zoom in on the chat GPT part of what they're doing today. Um, so what, so this is a sample, uh, base that I created. Um, I mean, this is actually the base they use, but I just put fake data in it. And so basically, um, here's like a bunch of patients and what they've done for these nurses is, which is very cool is they've actually created uh, QR codes, um, for each patient and they're not actually using interfaces, uh, for their nurses. I just wanted to show you what you know, what the QR code would look like. And what happens is when the nurse, whenever the nurse has something to report, these QR codes are at the patient's homes. And so throughout the day, um, the nurse will scan the QR code or they can bookmark the URL that's linked to that QR code. And they'll take them to a form. And uh, this part is still using type form. They haven't moved everything over to onto our forms yet, but they are in the process of doing that. And so the person will select uh, their name from the list, they're, they're a caregiver, they're a nurse, and then they choose what they want to happen. So they're doing this, so the nurses are doing this from their phone. They'll just scan the QR code and they might be making an update. Uh, if they can also retrieve a summary update, so they get, will get in a text message or an email based on what happened the day before because the nurse who came before might not have been them. They can also get the whole week leading up to them being there. Um, and they can also see the most recent notes. So it's very, very comprehensive what they can do. Um, and so the nurse might be making an update. And this is where they can select. Oh, that's going to jump us over here. Um, oh, they can do all these different things. But we click on make client update again. And these are all the different things that they might be logging during the day. And they also will clock in and clock out as well. All of this information, even though it's starting here in type form, all of this information gets logged uh, in Airtable. And then it gets aggregated. And there's, like I was saying earlier, there's daily emails, all sorts of cool things that happen that are all automated. Um, and so for today's demo, I wanted to show what happens with medication because they want to monitor whether positive things are happening during the day or negative things. And any one of these things could have positive and negative outcomes to them. Like a meal, they might not, they might, the patient might not have wanted to eat the meal. They might've thrown up, you know, something bad, something bad might've happened in the bathroom. Same thing with medication. The person might not have taken their medication. Uh, they might have refused it. They might have only had half of the medication, um, all sorts of things. So for this demo, we just have three choices here, whether the person refused the medication, whether all of it was consumed or some of it was consumed. So basically they would do that information or they would, I mean, they would uh, uh, fill out that information and then they would submit it. And then this information would go into Airtable. So basically, if we go back into the Airtable base here, 
All this information from Typeform gets fed into this staging table. And so for the purposes of this demo, we're just going to focus on this one particular patient. Her name's Berna Levier. And um, you can see that um, all of these updates were medication updates. Here's where it would be maybe something different, like a bathroom update or an activity update. And for medication, these are the three options that were on that type form. And then we have some formulas here to figure out whether it was a positive event or a negative event. And so these are pretty, um, you know, these are pretty easy formulas here. It figures out what choices they chose, um, whether it's positive or negative. And then this one determines the severity of the negative or the positive event. So for example, this person refused the medication. So that was a negative one. The, this column is either negative one, zero, or positive one. So it's either negative, neutral, or positive. So refusing medication is negative one, and it's really serious. So it went all the way down to negative four. But if somebody only ref, uh, took some of the medication, um, actually, oh, that's interesting. This is zero. I think that's... Um, that's actually probably supposed to say negative two there, actually. So I probably didn't set up the demo right. But so some medication consumed, I guess for this demo, it's going to be neutral. But technically, that's, that is negative, but it's slightly negative. So really, that should say, you know, negative two. It's not as bad as negative four, which is refusing the medication. So then what do we do with all this information. Like we've got all this information. This is happening multiple times during the day, multiple times during the week. And they actually have some very advanced make automations set up that look for trends. So they would look at like the last three days in a row that nurses came to the patient's house. And if the person is trending in a negative direction, or if there were too many negative events in a row, they will send an alert text message to that patient's family. So now we're finally getting to the chat GPT part of this. That's sort of the background. And they have started developing a whole bunch of chat GPT integrations. I think they have about four or five already built in, but I'm just going to show you one here today. So this is make.com. And so for today's demo, what we're going to do is we're only going to be searching um, for one patient. We're going to be searching for the one that we're working with, Berna Levier. But in the real uh, automation that they have set up, it actually does daily searches of, of, all, of all the patients that had activity for that day. But for today, we're just going to do one patient. And so what it's going to do is it's going to search for that person's records and then we're going to use makes text aggregator, which will actually take all of the records that it found for that particular patient. And it's going to aggregate them into one gigantic paragraph, basically. And so it's going to say the date and the time of the event, and it's going to give the score, you know, whether it was zero, positive four, negative four, negative two, plus two, whatever. And it'll be a whole paragraph uh, listing, like every single line in that paragraph will be a date and the score. By the way, in the real system, they actually list a lot more information here. Um, they'll actually list like a full sentence, uh, an English sentence about what happened because they're going to actually send out those emails and those text messages to people. And then this is where we build in the chat GPT uh, integration. So make has chat GPT integration and it's super, super easy. All you do is connect your to chat GPT using their API, your API key with them. And then you just type in what you want to say to chat GPT, just like you would when you go to the chat GPT website. And so I'm going to just expand this a little bit so you can see. And basically, you're explaining to ChatGPT what you want to happen. So what we're trying to do in this particular situation is we want to create a beautiful paragraph or two explaining to the nurse what times of day and what days of the week the patient is usually complying the most with consuming their medication. And so you can see what we've written up here. 
um, to ChatGPT. So we're taking the key from this aggregator, which is the patient's name. So patient name is a patient under our nurse's care. So in other words, this is all the information that ChatGPT is going to receive. So this is what we typed up. Uh, we are monitoring for the successful consumption of medication, and we're trying to determine the very best times of the day and the very best days of the week to ensure full consumption of medication. Below is a list of the recent attempts to give this patient medication along with the outcomes. And then you can see the list is down here. So this is the text that we're pulling from the aggregator. And we say the most important part of the list below is the update score event. The higher the number, the better the outcome. For example, the patient fully complied by consuming their full medication. The lower the number, the more negative outcome. For example, the person didn't consume their full medication. The more negative the number is, the more serious the problem is. So for example, this goes on and on, but I'll just read a few more sentences here. So for example, if you add up the update score event for a particular day of the week, that would mean a particularly good day for compliance. It would be even more impressive to figure out which times of each day have the most compliance. And then here's our request down at the bottom. Based on this data, can you please give us the overall best day of the week for this patient's compliance? Beyond that, please break down the very best schedule for best medication compliance, days of the week and times of the day. And, su and please summarize this in a professional brief paragraph that we can present to the patient's family. Okay, so I read most of that, probably didn't need to, but you get the gist. We're sending all of that information to ChatGPT. When the information comes back to us in this particular demo, it's actually going to put that information into a Google document that we have as a template. It's going to put whatever comes back from ChatGPT at the very top of that Google document. I actually don't have that doc document template up in a tab, but it's just a template in Google Docs that's waiting for information. And then it also gives the whole breakdown of date and summary for the person, for the person's family. And then it downloads the file as a PDF, and then it attaches it to an outgoing email. So let's run this and see what happens. So real quickly, we're going to go back here. We see that Berna Levier has uh, 98 uh, records that are medication related. So we're going to run this and it should find all 98 of her records. So we're going to run this. And well, it did one search. And if we look at that later, we'll see that there's 98 records in there. This summarized all 98 records and it's sending it to chat GPT right now. You can see that chat GPT is currently processing all 98 of those records and it's evaluating. It's evaluating them. We only sent chat GPT one request, but you can see this actually takes a little bit of time because it's going through 98 different records and it's trying to figure out what's going on there. Very cool. By the way, this might error out. They are on the free ChatGPT uh, plan. We're going to be upgrading to the paid one soon. And we noticed that if we do it too often, it will error out. So, which is, which is why we will be upgrading soon. Sometimes when it takes really long like this, this actually should only take a, a, like maybe like 10 seconds or less. But when it takes really long like this, we might get there. So we're going to see what happens here. What was so that? is this a process that... I was just saying, is this a process that your clients uh, used to do manually and saw the opportunity for ChatGPT? Or is this something that they you know, thought, oh, that would be nice, but that would take too much of our staff's time until they what? thought, oh, maybe we could do it. That's right. That's right. It was, it was going to be saying that it was going to be too, take up too much of their time. And it sort of crossed their mind in the past, but, you know, to analyze like hundreds of patients and thousands of records and try to figure out, you know, compliance days and things like that would have taken such an extraordinary amount of time that when ChatGPT came on the market, they were like, that was when the light bulb went on and they saw it as an opportunity to set themselves apart from their competition saying, we can give you more advanced information and more insights and more analyses into your patients than the, than the competitors can. So that was, that was the light bulb moment. And so now they're going through all their systems 
trying to figure out, oh, these things that were nice to have in the past, now they can actually start putting them in. Scott, I want to, I want to make sure we get to the other segments. Do you have the output maybe you can share? Yeah, we do have the output. That actually normally doesn't take that long. They, um, let me try running this one more time and see if this will go faster. Not, no, not too much faster. Yeah, let me show you the output from a previous one. That's so weird because I just ran this like 10 times before the show to make sure that this run perfectly. <laughs> it's probably because I ran it 10 times before the show. <laughs> Live demos always go perfectly, right? That's right. I know. This is crazy. I was, I was like so impressed with how quick this was and how perfect this was all morning long. So... Yeah, I'll actually show you one of the previous ones that I ran. So I'm going to force stop that and I'll go through the history here. Um, so here's uh, a bunch of the ones that I ran this morning. See, here's also where it aired out a few times. So here's one that was successful earlier. And so now um, when we go here to the chat GPT. Oh, maybe it's. Maybe that's a problem. This isn't even opening up. Oh, here we go. Okay. So now when you go in here, this is what ChatGPT spits out. I'll open this up a little bit. And it says, based on the da data provided, the overall best day for Berna Levier's medication compliance is Wednesday with a total update score event of 12. To determine the best schedule for medication compliance, we analyze the data further, blah, blah, blah. And it says that the best times are in the morning between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m and early afternoon between 1 a.m., 1 p.m. and 3 p.m. on Wednesdays and Fridays. And then we recommend that Bernie Alevier take her medication at these times as they have shown the highest compliance rates in the data. And then it will, then it created a PDF file of that and sent that off to the client. I actually sent that off to me. Although I guess, oh, you know what? You probably can't see my email where I'm showing the PDF file. Mm -hmm. um, but let me just show you. Let me see if I stop sharing and then try sharing again. Let me just see if this works here. Um, let's see. Oh, no, wait, that's not the right one. Here we go. So then this is what the email looks like. So it's a daily summary report, participant daily summary. Um, this is, they're actually going to be sending this out weekly instead. And then here's the overall care score. This is pulling all this information. And then down below, um, they'll have the daily. It's actually not going to look like this. Um, this was actually just for the demo. Uh, this will actually have a lot, a paragraph of human readable stuff here. So, but this is the part of the document where that will be. So anyways, I couldn't show you that happening live, yeah. but I guarantee it works. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Awesome though. You see the power and, and potential to just do things that yeah really weren't possible before. So good stuff. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Scott, for sharing that. We're gonna move on. Um, but yeah, we're gonna do in May, we're gonna do another, we're gonna do another show focused entirely on chat GPT. I think we'll have three guests coming on there. So more to come on this exciting new world of AI that will be taking our jobs. <laughs> All right, Camille is going to walk through a question. This question actually came from um, Reddit right here on inventory check-in and check-out. And Camille knows a thing or two about inventory check-in and check-out. Oh, you got it there. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, for some reason, no matter what I'm doing in Airtable or who I'm doing it for, the only two use cases that ever get assigned to me are scheduling something and doing inventory in some capacity. <laughs> I don't know why, um, but I saw this on Reddit and um, it's a pretty simple prompt, um, inventory check-in, check-out system. Basically, they um, are wondering if it's possible to do an Airtable-based inventory system. And there's not a whole lot in this uh, post, as you can see, it's pretty short, so I don't really know the particulars of their specific use case other than um, they are going to be using QR and barcodes. And I just wanted to sort of point out, I have done a build and a 
series of different extensions that all have to do with managing inventory. And I just wanted to go through some uh, just overall, how did I set up the base in the first place and what might be some things to look out for as you're building a system in Airtable. Again, this is going to change based on the particulars of uh, anyone's one use case, you might do things a little bit differently or may move to do certain pieces of this a bit more automated. But the general sort of idea is um, if you're familiar with working with a relational database in general, I have one table full of all of my items. These are all of the products that I will have in inventory, but not necessarily each piece of inventory. By that, I mean, I might have one 27 inch monitor and I might have five of the 34 inch monitor. That's important for me to know in order to keep stock. Now, the first sort of pitfall you might run into when setting up this sort of system is you might have this as a number field where um, I would type in the number five and if I get two more in stock, I would delete five and type in seven. Um, but that's sort of difficult to maintain um, through a, a large system, especially if you want to know particulars about each of those seven or five or however many items. If you want to know the condition of each item, when was something checked in versus checked out, that's hard to do at this level. So there is a second level um, of organization, a different table. In this case, I've called it assets. You might call this table your inventory. Um, or S, uh, SKUs or some other term that indicates we are looking at one specific real world item. Um, there's an asset number where um, I've taken the prefix associated with each type of item and then added onto it a, a unique string so that I can tell each of these very similar looking things apart from each other. From there, I've included a barcode uh, type field, which I legitimately forgot that there was a field type for barcode uh, mm -hmm. because it, it operates just as a single select, uh, single line text field in practice as you're using the web app. But um, if you expand it out, you'll see that you can scan barcodes with the Airtable app on your phone. So that's pretty useful. I've used it a handful of times um, for some of the implementations I've built in-house. Um, but just want to point out that like, as you're using it on the web or you're using the desktop app, there's not a whole lot of functionality that you will see here. It's more for when you're using the Airtable's own mobile app. From there, a couple of things that I have um, done for this particular um, table or how I've set it up. You'll see I'm on a, a filtered view. I've named this one fair and poor condition assets. A benefit of using Airtable is that you can have one uh, source of data, that being your table, and then you can have multiple different views which filter or display that same set of data in a couple of different ways. So in this case, I have a lot of different assets that I would see if I go to all assets. But if I go back to fair and poor, I can really hone in on the ones that might need replacing. That's something that you might want to invest in doing. And creating a view is very quick. Uh, you would just click uh, create right over here and then setting up filters. Scott has a wonderful course that goes through all of the basics of Airtable where you get the specifics of how to use Airtable. But going back into how I've set up this implementation, um, there's not a whole lot of fields that I, I've uh, included in the bare bones sort of uh, base build for this. There's a photo, there's some condition notes for like, yeah, this one has some coffee on it. This one is uh, pretty scratched up. Um, here's when I bought this particular piece of inventory. If I flip back to items really quickly, you'll see what's happening is these are count fields where it's saying, all right, Look at all of the assets that are linked and then just count them up. Um, I also have uh, a conditional count that says, all right, count all of the assets, but only count the ones where the status is available. Um, those are probably you're going to be wanting to use conditional counts in an inventory system. You're probably going to want something similar to that 
um, number of in stock, number of available, probably number that needs replacement. That again would be a conditional count, maybe looking at if it's in poor condition. Um, lastly, um, I have a list of uh, all of the times that somebody took a piece of assets um, out of our system and then when they returned it back. So this, uh, I've built systems that do it in one of two ways. One where each time Camille took this asset out of our system, um, I log both the day that she reserved it and the day she returned it on the same record. You'll see that here. I've also built systems for people where Camille takes out a, um, an, an asset from our inventory. That's one record. And then when she returns it, that's a second record. It really is up to you and how you think works best for your implementation. I think this is much easier to understand um, and easier to sort of run logs on. I know exactly what item is being returned because it's you only have to link it once and you would do that here. Um, for this particular implementation, I have said when we gave Camille the product, it was in good condition and then she returned it in good condition. Great for her. But then there's also down here, we gave her this other item uh, in good condition on the third and then she returned it same day in fair condition. Not so great. And then this other time four. this is uh, some of the types of data you might want to keep track of, especially if you anticipate someone taking out an item and returning it and having something about that item change. If it's a digital asset, you're probably not gonna have this problem. But if it's a physical real world item, which I suspect it might be because you're gonna be using uh, barcodes, that might be something to, um, you know, to look into. Lastly, um, I will say you might have noticed on all three of the previous um, tables, there was a process button. Um, I have created a custom block that is sort of designed to help you um, run a check-in system, hopefully a little bit easier. Um, what you'll see on the screen will depend on um, which of those three different tables you clicked on. It'll show you different information. From here, I can really quickly add a new unit that will create a new linked record in my assets table. I have one new version of the 34 inch monitor. I can check out um, one of my assets that are currently linked or I can check something back in. Um, I will leave it there. And hopefully that is useful from like a very top down view. Um, if this isn't already on the Airtable universe, it soon will be. And this extension is open source. So anyone can uh, make use of it. Nice. Very That's cool. That's awesome. Awesome. Yes, the expert on inventory and calendars, Camille. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Literally every single, when I started working at Apple, the very first assignment was uh, a calendar. And I think my next one is going to be inventory. Who knows? <laughs> Did you tell them that going in, Camille? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just. That's just how my life is, I guess. That is All right, we got we got one more segment. We're gonna try to get through. You got enough time, Allie? Yeah, so it's five, pretty five minutes or so. Okay, cool. a quick shout out to our community. If you haven't joined, join us builtonair.com/slash/join, and join. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're trying to grow our YouTube channel, so please subscribe if you haven't already. With that, Allie's gonna walk us through some best practices. All right. Um, I'm gonna go through this pretty quickly here, but it's pretty simple. I've just isolated three different use cases um, involving errors that I see people make a lot, or not errors, but I guess things that people do a lot that can cause problems in bases as you use them and go down the line and ways that I have implemented to mitigate those problems um, that I think are useful for everybody to get the hang of. So I've put all of us in a database here. I've got myself, Scott, Camille, and Dan. Um, and one thing that a lot of people do, this is my first little use case, is you oh, people love to add extra spaces on the end of everything. 
Um, some people you can watch them type and like as they're typing, they're just like that and then move off. And as a, as a developer, I'll be like, no. <laughs> but it happens and I'm so surprised how common it is. And so it happens all the time. I see it almost every day when I'm working with clients. Um, <laughs> and so what that will do, and Airtable is pretty cool because they'll actually, you can't really see that extra space here. It kind of hides it for you. Um, but if you expand that record, you can see there are two spaces here. And that will come into problems. And that's, sorry, I should have started with, I have a formula here that's just uh, chaining these things together with a space in between. Um, that can cause issues. If you actually copy this, and if I go to my event attendance page here, which we'll get into in a few, and I paste it, this will work because I'm copying it from Airtable into Airtable. But let's say I actually type my name, Ali Loza, with just one space. Let's say I'm importing a spreadsheet from somewhere else that somebody has given me. If I paste that here, that will not work. I've just hit Command V or Control V and it won't do it because Airtable is expecting there to be two spaces. Um, so if I do two spaces here and paste it, that will work. So it causes some problems. So my first little best practice that I do is I take, and this is, I highly recommend using the trim function always. You use the trim function in your primary field. Um, I actually use it multiple times. I use it three times when I'm trying to chain the first name and last name together. <laughs> <laughs> I'll trim the first name, right? I will trim the last name. So if there's a trailing space on either the first or the last name, that will go away. Then I trim the entire thing again, because if I only have a first name entered or if I only have a last name entered, mm -hmm. this space in the middle is gonna get in the way still. Clever, clever. I, this is my formula I use for basically all my people tables. I have <laughs> trim, trim the whole thing, trim the first name, trim the last name. All together. That is my best practice for the for people and trimming, um, and also just really for any kind of asset, uh, it's helpful to use that trim function um, if you're doing a formula in the primary key, especially. Um, the next short little one I'm going to go into is turning dates and date time format. Um, so here I've got this events table. We've got poker night set up that happened last week it didn't actually happen but um here i've got a formula again for my primary field where i am concatenating or chaining together the event type plus a little dash and then i'm formatting this date field um as you know mmddyyyy to be friendly the problem with doing this is if i add a new record i'm just going to get hashtag error and that's because i don't have a date yet here. Um, let's say I want to put auction here. It's going to be a new event I'm planning. I'm not going to see the word auction because I haven't yet entered my date. Maybe I don't know what the date is yet. I still want to know that I'm planning an auction. Um, furthermore, if I try to link to that from somewhere else, that's just going to mess up everything from here on out. Um, we'll see error throughout the entire base. So best practice with that is to wrap it in an if statement. And actually I would put the if statement here before the little dash. I wanna say only if I have a date, then I wanna do the rest of this formula. So Airtable's cool. You don't need to say anything about is blank or equals blank or anything. This inherently will be computed as if there is anything in the date field, then continue forward. Um, and once I do that, now I will just see auction. Um, I could, if I wanted to move this to here and then maybe put TBD instead. So then I'll, I'll have, if there's a date, then I want to format that date. Otherwise I want it to just say TBD. So always use an if statement when trying to format a date. That is my next little thing. Um, 
Finally, I am going to talk about something pretty similar. Let's say I wanted to get the average ticket price. Um, like, let's say I've got a special running. So I actually did set this up where Scott Scott got to pay $75 for poker night, whereas the three of us each had to fork over 100 bucks. Wow. Thank you for the discount. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's say I want to get the uh, average ticket price out of this. Um, and I'm actually going to go and remove that attendee from the auction. Um, let's say I want to, um, this is not the best use case because if there's an attendee, well, whatever. So let's say we're dividing two fields. Um, and I just say, you know, ticket sales divided by attendee count. I'm going to get, and if I flip that to currency, I see NAN here because you can't divide things by zero. That's going to say not a number that's undefined. It's not possible to do in math because math. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, again, just like I did with the date field, I would wrap all of my division fields with an if statement. So I'm saying only if I have that divisor and I want to continue forward. So this will create, um, just leave it blank. And th this is really helpful because if I undo that, you can see this sum at the bottom here becomes NAN. If I have any NAN in the entire <laughs> column, you're not going to be able to see the sum of what you're actually making or the average or anything. It's always going to say NAN. Um, so it's good to wrap your devising or anywhere where you're dividing by a number, make sure you're wrapping that in an if statement um, to avoid that and be able to still have your summary totals at the bottom. And that's it. Three little quick little best practices that I find really help to keep things clean in a base and avoid issues later on. Yeah. Very, very cool. Very good stuff. Yeah. Fundamentals. I like it. Excellent. I love awesome. it. Thank you, Ali and Camila to drop off. Uh, thank you, Scott, for joining us. Always good to have you on. Thank you. And we will see everybody next week on the show. Take care. Great. Bye. Bye-bye. See ya. Thank you for joining today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our sponsor, ontair.com, and we will see you next time on the Built On Air podcast.